people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. I'm your host, Nubia. And I'm Francis. And today we have another fabulous show for you. We have Mr. Michael Baptiste all the way from Chiang Mai, Thailand here. What's going on, Michael? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing fabulous. Thank you for being on the show. Yes, we totally appreciate you taking the time out and speaking with us. Because I felt like, you know, when I first met you, I was like, who is this brother out here? You know, tall, chocolate. I mean, honey, y'all got (laughs) to see this video. This this man got a beautiful smile from ear to ear. And you just have a very good presence about you. Your energy is very enlightening and it's it's very dope. I want to tap into your story and how you got abroad as um, a young black male. Because a lot of our stories are females traveling solo around the world so it's great to have men on the show yes and we want you to represent and let us know a little bit about mr mike baptiste how'd you get started traveling okay and- right on yeah so i got started traveling I, I, I was a little kid you know this is like what sparked it i remember we went to disney world one summer i'm like my entire family all my cousins and my mom my dad and you know my, my cousin's parents and it, it was a big family event it was like 40 people. And it was, it was amazing. And I said to myself, wait, why, you know, if if we left Miami and just went to Orlando and it seemed like a whole different world, what else is out there? Through school, I was always curious as as we went through, you know, studying the world and studying different continents. I was like, yo, Antarctica, people live there? And it's ice? What? Wait, China? Wait, people live there? And, And so, you know, my curiosity just led me into just reading more about different countries and reading about different languages and reading about how they made different foods in different countries. And just it, it was so exciting to me as a kid, but I was never able to fully express it, you know, because nobody around me was traveling. Nobody thought about life outside of Miami or life outside of the U.S., you know, yeah. everybody was just focused on just, boom, life in Miami. As I went, grew up, got older, went to college. And when I was in college, I had a mentor. She saw a lot of me, female mentor as well. And she was, um, she, she said, look, Michael, I've traveled, I've seen, I've seen a lot of things outside of the U.S. And you need to experience what life is like being an African-American male in different parts of the world because everywhere is not like the U.S. So she planted that seed and I said, huh, what could she be talking about? The reality of life, out, life outside of the U.S. didn't click for me. Because I never lived outside of the U.S. My parents never lived outside of the U.S. Yeah. Nobody all we know is you, all you know is what you read in books or magazines or whatever. Yeah. So I was in college and this mentor, she planted a seed in my mind, as I mentioned. From that point, she said, study abroad. And I said, OK, I want to study abroad, but I want something that's going to be useful for my life. I could go to Germany. I can go to Italy. I can go to China. Wait, the, the, the idea hit me. Well, you know what? Because I'm, I'm multilingual. I can speak English, Spanish. And, uh, and at that time, I said, well, you know, Chinese is like the next upcoming language around the world. It would be great if I could learn that for the future, to, you know, benefit myself. And I said, I'm going to study abroad in China. I wrote a bunch of scholarship letters because I, I didn't have I didn't have the funds as a college kid. My family didn't have the funds. I wrote scholarship letters. Like I literally 
researched different scholarships that were out there and just applied for them, wrote a letter. Hey, this is my situation. This is why I need the scholarship. This is why you should select me. And I just sent them out. And next thing you know, through scholarships and through uh, help from my advisors and counselors at my university, Florida Memorial University, HBCU in Miami. So, you know, just just understand, you know, just let you just let you know. But um, but the staff there, they helped me raise the money. And I was able to successfully raise the money to go study abroad in China. And it changed my entire life because that's when I got the travel bug. And I haven't been the same since. I have not been the same since. So Yeah, that's my story of how I got the travel bug. You've lived in four other countries. What were those countries? China, as I mentioned before, I was there for about four months. And I was also in Colombia, South America. I was in Portimao, Portugal, as well as Lisbon, Portugal. And I've been in Thailand. And so far, I've lived in three cities in uh in Thailand, um, those being Bangkok, then I was in Phuket. Now I'm in Chiang Mai. You know, but again, just traveling. And inside the U.S., I've been to over combined. It's about like maybe 60 plus cities inside of the United States. Wow. I've just been, yeah. I, I love traveling. I love traveling. I believe everybody should travel. And even throughout your travels, you're an entrepreneur. You're a serial entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing, even amongst all the traveling that you've been doing over the last few years, you still maintain a business? Can you give us a little background about what it is that you do? Absolutely. Um, just just to kind of tell you, as a, when I was in college, I started the first business, internet marketing. I started doing affiliate marketing. Now, at this point, I've continued going and I now have a digital marketing agency. And what we do is we specialize in creating online training products, offering high ticket products, high ticket coaching, consulting, advisory services. And with that, our, our main product that we put out there is called High Ticket Freedom. And we, essentially what we do is we help people transform their ideas, knowledge, life experience into high ticket products and uh, essentially attract freedom loving, happy, high paying clients. Love that. Okay. And outside of that, yeah, outside of that, you know, we've also we've trained thousands of people from around the world. We have Dozens of people who, you know, whose lives have been seriously impacted because of what we put out there uh, through High Ticket Freedom. Outside of that, we actually have a beverage company. We created a product called Banana Wave Banana Milk. It's the world's first non-dairy milk alternative made from bananas. It's a superfood beverage. Think of almond milk or coconut milk. We created the world's first banana milk. And right now, as we speak, it sells in Walmart, Whole Foods, HEB, GNC, and over a thousand retail stores across the U.S. in four countries outside the U.S. And this year, we, we go nationwide with Walmart wow. with that product. Those are the, the core things that I focus on outside of just offering, you know, just consulting and helping, you just help, helping people out. Getting ready to put out a new program called Legendary Mentoring, where mentoring people every month on a different area of life to just help them become more complete, more balanced, more whole, more grounded. Wow, that's... A few things, doing a few things, but that, that's the Caribbean in me. I, I gotta, you know, I gotta keep expressing Boss my man. creativity. Wait, but <laughs> you can know? you tell us? Can I just get into your personal? Can you tell our listeners how old you are? Oh, okay. Oh, goodness. Just had a birthday yes. not too long. Happy ago. belated. Oh, whoop, 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 whoop. thank you. Come on, cop. Come on, cop. I am 29 years of age. I'm 29 years young. Doing my absolute best to enjoy every single moment that I have here on earth. I love that. Living the life before the age of 30, you have multiple businesses, have traveled and lived abroad in four different countries. I mean, it's amazing to see a young man do his thing and get out of volatile situations that are going on in the state. So I just want Mm. to commend you on that and understanding when you were in college, how important your education was and how important it was to get out there and see something different. Because if it wasn't for your sense of, what's the word I'm trying to say, y'all? Everybody knows I'm not the best with words. Um, <laughs> um, 
right. It's okay. Sense of adventure, because I think yeah, people don't have those types of examples. Black men don't have those types of examples. So I think it's it's mm. so key because I mean, growing up, I don't I didn't know anybody that was traveling, and I know my cousins, black men, didn't know anybody that was doing that. Shit, my family hadn't left the block. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 you're not alone, my family, neither. I got cousins that still are in the same block they grew up at, the same block I flew out of, you know? I, I relate to you 100%. And you know, if you're happy and it works, cool, you know what I'm saying? But I think that travel at the end of the day really helps develop the self. So let me ask you, Michael, you know, as you're traveling as mm-hmm. a black man throughout all these countries, what is your perspective and can you shed some light on what it meant for you to be black and abroad, essentially? So the one thing I'll share, and this is directly from my heart to all of the listeners out there, being black in America, I've always been afraid. You know what I mean? I've been afraid to try to fit in with this a society that does not want me to fit in. So my life has been a constant, you know, if you will, a, a, a washing cycle of fear and multiple reasons why, you know, I'm not going to dive too deep into this podcast, but, you know, for those of you who are African-American or a minority in America, you can relate because it, it's tough for me to say this without being extremely straight to the point. But each time I've traveled outside of the U.S., that fear for my life, it hasn't been there. Like, I, I just haven't been afraid of the police. I haven't been afraid of, I'll, I'll, cap, I'll cap it right there. But I have not experienced that same type of fear. And when I've gone to other countries, one of the things that has happened is that I've seen different cultures. I've seen different thought processes. I've seen different languages. I've seen different ways of being. I've seen different forms of art. I've seen things that have expanded my mind and made me more curious and want to see what else is out there. Because if these things are here, there's got to be so much more in this world that I have yet to see, that I have yet to discover, that I have yet to you know, put my feet on the ground and trek up that mountain and see the view from the top. There's so many places like that. So, you know, the first time I got outside of the U.S. and I relinquished that fear, like I mentioned before, I was able to see so much more. And when my mind expanded, it was unable to retract to the same size that it was before. Because in my mind, you know, I left the block and I saw the Great Wall. I left the block and I saw the Bund in Shanghai. You know, I left the block and I saw the mountains in in Colombia. I saw these different experiences and it made me say, you know what? If all these things are out here, I'm going to continue to find what else is out here. And when I find the place that I feel like is right for me, I'm going to hang out for a bit. And and that is going to be the new home. Absolutely. I mean, there's some beautiful places in America and I'm not going to shut it down. But I think that everybody does need that expansion that you mentioned, even if it's only once in your lifetime that you get the ticket and get out of the country and experience something different. Because once you see how life is abroad, it's no turning back. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Earlier today, I remember saying to Francis and another friend, I said, "Um, do you guys ever get moments when you just say to yourself, wow, I live in time? Oh, wow. You know, I'm doing this because I know it happens to me on a constant. I'm just like, wow, I actually did it. I'm really living abroad. It was great to hear everybody say, yeah, Francis, what did you say? You was like, I thought about it today. I was doing it today. I was riding through the mountains in Pi and I was like, Jesus, this is my life. Are you serious right now? Like I can do this anytime I want to. And it's just a sense of freedom. I love Mm. it. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that is awesome. So how long have you been living in Chiang Mai? I've been living in Chiang Mai now for about four months, four months here in Chiang Mai. And and this has been the first place I've actually felt like, okay, the energy here is different. You know what? Let me see what Chiang Mai has off. Let me explore this place for a little bit. 
And so far, four months of the Shame My Magic, I'm, I'm loving Shame My. That's what's up. And we yeah. love having you. We love having you. You're a great presence to have in Chiang Mai and a great addition, actually. So with that said, you said you was looking for like a sense of home. Since college to now, have you been traveling consistently or were you just like these little four months here and then you're back in the States, four months there? Like what, what was your journey looking like? Mm. So for the most part, my journey back in the States, it was mainly traveling in the U.S., primarily for the uh, the company we uh, the startup company we created city to city state to state doing different trade shows so the bulk of my traveling we were working to get the product together it's basically just hustling to be real with you <laughs> and and in 2015 I went to Colombia just just as a life experiment to see what would happen I was there for two months and I said oh wow you know what I can actually do this when I go back to the U.S. we have to do this beverage company I'm gonna focus on that but once I'm done with that like once we get it to where it needs to be. I'm going to do this for like until I'm done. Like I'm just going to keep traveling the world. And I've been traveling full time now for about eight months. Oh, wow. OK, so you're brand wow. new to it. Yeah, I'm a newbie. Yeah, I'm a beginner to the up. traveling world. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Join the club. It's, almost a, it's, it's a little bit intermediate, I would say. A little bit, you know. Intermediate? Well, he almost has a year on his, under his I think some people say you get that like homesickness and stuff. I have not one lick of homesickness yet. People's like, oh, well, you know, after a couple of years, you'll feel it. And I'm just like, OK, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I know right now, I know that whole under within the 12 month span, I'm not missing it for sure. Mm, yeah, but yeah because you've been doing this for a while. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. So how did your family respond to you being gone for eight months? Are they cool with it? Or are they like, what the hell is this boy doing? <laughs> <laughs> At first, my family, they had no idea what I was doing. Um, no idea why I was doing it. And they still have no idea what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. They just like, yo, he's. I think he's in China somewhere. I think he's in Japan. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know? They can't but, keep uh, up. <laughs> no, nah, they, they, they can't, but... I, I'm constantly talking to my mom and my dad. We have a good relationship. And they always ask me, so when are you coming home? I heard they got a new program here about business you can come study. You know, like, and they're just like, just trying to drop little seeds of, of ways that they can get me to come back home. I'm like, all right, appreciate it. You know, it's, it sounds good, but, you know, I, you know, I got to go. Uh, I, I got to go. I, I, got, I got a cooking class coming up. I'll, t- I'll talk to you soon. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My parents primarily miss me, but everybody else is okay. So how do you juggle everything? Because the one thing about living abroad, well, I'll just say living in Thailand thus far, is sometimes you feel like you have so much time. But because our time difference is so far ahead from the States, it's kind of hard to maintain those kind of relationships back home. Phone calls, relationships with businesses, trying to get meetings and stuff, because you only really have a short window when they're up and we're up or, you know, vice versa. So how do you maintain being having these multiple businesses and living on the other side of the world? Are a majority of your clientele in the U.S.? Yes, they are in the U.S. So are you up late nights for their early mornings? Do you feel like that's creating a, a barrier for you in a sense? Because I just want to get a sense of when people want to know, can they actually thrive abroad as mm-hmm. a consultant or trying to own a business or whatever, but their clientele is on a whole different time zone. It gets a little uh, difficult. So can you 
yeah, tricky. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it can become a challenge. I've come to adjust the schedule. So essentially, my schedule is I'm up, I'm up late nights. Sometimes I'm up till two, three in the morning talking to clients back in the U.S. Because around for them, that's around their, their late afternoon time. That's around yeah. there. Um, one, two, three p.m. I like to wake up early because I know you know that nap was going to recharge me for a few hours, so I can either get back up and work. So I come to find balance, but I would say with anybody, you know, you have to find balance like within yourself and within what feels right for you. Uh, another thing I'll say is that you know, in the process of building these businesses, I know that in, you know this is an ancient African proverb: if you want to go fast, go alone; but if you want to go far, go together. I've always understood that, and you know that that's been. That's been one of the one of the philosophies instilled into me through my mother. You know, shout out to moms. You know, mom, love you, ma. Hope you're doing good. Look at me, I'm in Thailand. Love you, ma. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, she's gonna smile. But um, <laughs> because I understood that, I always understood the power of building teams, building, you know, connecting with other people. So, Mike, I want to dig into a little bit about your uh, experience in Chiang Mai for the last four months. What has your community been like? Have you been able to build a community here? Tell us a bit more about so that. So the one thing I'll say, first and foremost, for anybody who comes to visit, because again, I, I want you, those of you watching this interview or listening to the podcast to come to Chiang Mai, straight up, come, this, this place is magic. But what I'll say is that it's a very transient city because people are always coming and going. And I've experienced different waves. Um, when I first got here, I had a group of friends. We were we were tight. We were hanging out every day. We were going out to eat food. We were going to, to different co-working spaces and working together. And we were actually being productive. We were sharing ideas, bouncing ideas off of each other. And everyone was actually benefiting um, in their individual business through this collective community that we created. But, you know, a month into it, they left. And, you know, that immediate community that I built up, you know, they left. I'll be yeah, back. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, please go back. Yeah, you're in the pie right now. Come on, come on back. It's a stepping stone. I mean, Chiang Mai is a stepping stone. It's definitely a place that you can get very comfortable in. It's a very easy place to transition to, but it's not a place that I would recommend somebody to stay for long term. And I say that only because there's so much more of the world to see and you can get very comfortable. You get what I mean? And then you kind of fall right back to the shit that they're in in the States. You're just on a Chiang Mai block. You get what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. It is a great place to come and build a collective community where you can actually get your business up off the ground. And once you get to a point where you feel like you've been fed and you you fed and you got to feed other people, you can actually expand and move on to the next chapter in your life. That's how I view it. Mm. Two, three years is a good amount of time to kind of just enjoy Thailand as a whole because there's so much to see and do. Yeah, all over the world. So much. You know, there's South America, there's, there's Africa. You know, of course, you got China, there's Japan, there's, I mean, all, all the other cities around Southeast Asia, you got Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, the list goes on and on. If You know, not even, you know, Europe, there's so many places around the world to explore. I agree with you on that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. For sure. So, okay, so you don't plan on going back. What's your next step? What's your moves? What's, I mean, what's mm. the money moves you make in money, Mike? <laughs> hey, dab, 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 hey. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so the money moves. So I'm actually, I'm going to be going to Ireland for a speaking event. For those of you guys who would like to come out, you know, come on out. It's going to be a very powerful event. So I'll be in Ireland for about a, for a few weeks. And then I'll, I will return here to Chiang Mai for a bit, explore more of Thailand, explore different cities here in Thailand. You know, when I feel like I'm ready at that point where I've healed, you know, I've gained different tools and new strategies and new ways to not only heal myself, but help others. And I feel I'm at that optimal point. Then I'll be moving forward from Thailand. And I don't want to reveal exactly where I'm going just yet because I got a couple of places on my, 
you know, on my list. But I'll just say that I will be hopping around. You know, one of one of my goals is to make sure that I see the eight wonders of the world to go see all of those. So get myself far more grounded and then go see what the rest of the world has to offer. You know, just, just go do the, you know, the, the books I read as a kid. Go, just go explore those places. That, so like that, me, that's what's in my brain to do, you know? So let me tap mm. into, and please let me know if, you know, if it's a little <laughs> over, but to be okay. a young black male traveling this world, single, correct? Single young black mm. male? Single as a dollar. Let me know. You know, single as a dollar. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh my goodness. So would you say it's difficult in the dating realm being a young black male traveling um this world solo and because we're such transient people, you know, somewhat gypsies, right? Like kind of going from here this place to that place. Is it hard to have pers or develop personal relationships because everybody is kind of on their own path? You know what I mean? So good. That's, that's actually a really good question. Mm. I'll say dating has been, it's been more of a challenge. I'll say, I, I, I won't say difficult or hard because I, I'm a man, I'm confident in myself. So, you know, it's, it, at, the, at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. So I've never really had an issue. However, just uh, I, I'll say my preference, it's been a little difficult because literally, I'll just call it for what it is. You know, as African-American people, we're not really, you know, inspired to travel. We're not really like pushed to travel as much as other cultures are influencing and uh, empowered to travel. So I will say it, it has been a challenge. And because of the moving around the transient lifestyle and, you know, you just, the person's thousands of miles away and you just have to kind of just trust, you know, trust and believe that you guys are going to get to, you know, some some point down the tunnel or, or Where you'll meet together on the journey. Yeah, you'll meet together again. You just got to You just got to trust. So I'll say that's one thing that's been challenge because you, it, sometimes it's difficult to do that from afar when you just meet a person and with traveling so much you meet so many people and you know so many people come and go in and out of your life you just kind of get used to it over time just oh you made somebody that great oh, all right well i i know in a few weeks you're going to this place so and, I, and i'm not going there with you i'm going to be here or i'm going to this place so you know let's kind of make our time worth as much as possible, you know, get to know each other, see if there is a connection or a bond and, and, and take it from there because life, you never know. Like the next moment, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows. Nobody can predict it. So yeah. um, it has been a challenge, but one of the ways I'm, I'm working on improving that challenge is just to make sure that the re relationships I do establish that they're quality, you know, they're, there's just quality in those relationships. Oh, that answers your question. Now you, you sure did. Cause I think that when you travel abroad and we talk about this all the time is that you make these connections with people and you kind of cut to the chase, yeah. like you become vulnerable pretty quickly. So then it kind of ties into, you know, those personal romantic relationships. You're like, okay, is this person I can see myself traveling with? Is this person see myself, you know, you really get deep, a little bit deeper, not to say that you don't like, you have to travel to get it that deep, but I'm just saying, you're just more aware. You're more cognizant of that. So I totally understand that in terms of, you know, quality. Well, I think it also becomes, to be honest with you, I also think it becomes a requirement. It's like once you, mm. once you made that leap of faith and you've gone, it's like, do you plan on traveling with me or not? Nah? <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind yeah, of like yeah. if you don't, it's not going to go nowhere, boo. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many things are you trying to get in your passport? Yeah, it kind of becomes a requirement, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because you're on this path, you're on this journey, and you're not ready to just kind of, 
settle it down in one place. You want to settle down with someone who's willing to explore the world with you. You know what I mean? And I think that has been the most difficult part about moving and living abroad, especially if you're not interested in dating outside of your race. Because like you said, in the African-American culture or the Black culture, not many of us travel as much as others. You get what I'm saying? A lot of people I know travel, but they travel for vacation, which is so different from traveling long term. Two different buckets. You get what I'm saying? I know people who've been all over the world, but they've been all over the world vacationing. I'm not vacationing. Um, yeah. So it's a very different concept when people be like, oh yeah, I travel, I go here, I go there. And it's like, nah, have you really considered potentially having one suitcase and you know what I'm saying? Grabbing yeah. one way, yeah. that kind of thing. I've seen it as an extremely complicated to date while living abroad. But we also live in Asia, which is a very different place to live as a person of color. Yeah, it's extremely different. It's extremely di- different from the diet to the style to the to the mannerisms of the people. Everything's very different here. To the socialization. Yeah, big time. You know, we we're, we're very welcoming, very open in our cultures, and we give hugs. You know, we we we're very you know we give the handshakes, dap each other up. You know, what's up, bro? You know, like that's typical in our culture. That's normal. But for the Asian culture, that's not very normal. It's very you know salutika. You know, it's, it's in the you know Chinese nihao. Bow. It's a bow, right? They put their hands up to show like, hey, you know, full respect to you. You know, it's different for those of you out there who are having complications i'll say and, and and this is this is something that i've just come to put into my mind is that the person who's right for you is like they're going to come they're like you guys just going to just magnetically like it just and just it's going to happen and, and the reason i know it sounds funny but the reason i say no it makes sense yeah because like you have to i believe in intention so everything i do i make sure that i set an intention before going into it. So that way, whatever that intention is, my energy is going to flow in that direction. So that's one of the things that I've been doing is, is just casting my intentions on what it is that I want, because I understand that we live in the universe and, or in a world, we exist in a place where we can call forth the things we want just by speaking them into existence and being very intentional about what we want. Manifestation. You know, a lot of people call it the secret manifestation, law of attraction, law of who, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it all boils down to you calling for what you want. So I'm a big believer in that. And even though I have my challenges that I'm facing and I'm overcoming, I, like I still follow that strategy of, of speaking life into what it is that I want. So to the, everybody out there, that's something maybe you could try. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, I know that you said that you were in the process of healing some things, mm. and just, you know, figuring yourself out and all that good stuff. Since being on this journey, what have you learned about yourself? Wow. Since being on this journey of, of healing myself, I've, I've learned that um, a lot of the things that I went through, they were deeper than me. A lot of emotional, like, so grow, growing up for me, and if, if you guys don't mind, if I can just share just just a little bit deeper into my story. Of course. Um, I grew up in the project, single mother. My dad was in prison for more than half his life. I, I was in the street gang, you know, and I, I was I was involved in a lot of things that I should not have been involved involved in. And then I, I ended up getting out of that situation by um, getting a scholarship to go to college to play basketball. And that completely changed my life. You know, through those experiences and, and through those things that I've been through, one, one of the things that has taught me 
is how how to, how to go after what it is that you want. You know, because our, our why determines everything about what it is that we do and why and why we do what we do. So for me, my why has always been to you know be the one that actually does something different in my family. You be the one that does something different in my community. And the first person that went to China for my community and in my family was was me. Like and, and now I you know can speak Chinese and have learned Chinese. But I you know I say that just to kind of give you a little bit more in depth on my story and kind of my background. And that's one of the things that always pushed me to just see what else is out there, to be curious and, and to improve myself. So that being said, one of the things that I've been working on with healing is healing all of those traumatic experiences I went through. One thing I can do is I can understand why it happened, um, you know, accept that it happened, allow the energy that was pent up inside of my core to release so that way I can become the, the man that I want to be. One of the things that I've learned about myself is I've learned that I'm extremely resilient. I've learned that I'm the type of person that, you know, it, it takes a lot to stop me because I have a tolerance for pain and I understand how to use pain and recycle pain into something positive, recycle pain into something powerful, recycle pain into my greatest benefit, um, recycle pain into something that will be my headwind as I'm taking off on my journey to what it is I want in my life. So that's one of the things I've learned. And, and I've just learned that there are different tools that we can use as individuals to heal ourselves from whatever we went through. You know, for me, the healing is important because the future of our planet depends on us with what we like with you guys with this podcast you are leaders you know what i'm saying like you are leading a, a generation of people who who want to be doing what you're doing you're you like you're leading they're going to tell their kids about this show and their kids are going to listen to it they're going to be inspired by too in the work that you're doing we you know we all have our work that we do there's work that i'm doing and i believe in order to be the fullest the most optimal version of myself this is what must happen so that way i can impact and influence the people you know in, in my way just like you guys are doing right now we appreciate that message and and we hear it and I feel mm. loud and clear. Well, I think it's important also for listeners to understand, for everybody who is watching and or listening to understand is that majority of us have childhood traumas. You get what I'm saying? Um, whether people call it mommy, daddy issues or whatever the case may be, yeah. we all have. You have to get to a place when you can start working towards past them. You get what I'm saying? Because a lot of the things that bind us are from things from our childhood or things from our ancestors or things from our yeah. youth in general. You'll never be able to feel free or be free of those things until you work through them. The thing about it, also in an African-American culture or culture of black people, we do not focus on mental health enough. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Going, you know, when someone says you need a therapist, it's like, what? I need a therapist. I don't need no damn therapist. Da, da, da. No, that you need a therapist. <laughs> How about that? We all need, <laughs> we all need help, you know? Uh, yeah, there's nothing do. wrong with talking to somebody. There's nothing wrong with working for spiritual healing, self-healing. Not everybody's going to be a namaste type person. Nobody's Not everybody's going to be a yogi or somebody who mediates all the time. I mean, mediates, meditates all the time. Mm -hmm. However, it's very important to get help for yourself, period. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that help looks like. Absolutely. And I just want to say that, and we've talked about this as well, but travel does expose that, you know. And we've had a guest on the show who thought she had dealt with a lot of these things and they just all resurfaced when she had moved and it happened to me as well so wherever you're going it's all going to follow until like you said you allow those emotions to flow you release them and you make peace with yeah them. and i think that's an important thing to recognize comes down to slow travel not vacation travel but slow travel especially if you're a solo traveler you get a lot of time spent by yourself and that lot of time you spend by yourself you learn a lot about yourself <laughs> you know, <laughs> so much. So you know? Much. Yeah. 
you'd be like, oh, damn, when so-and-so said I was like that, I guess I really am like that. <laughs> or I can't yeah. be like, learn a lot about yourself. It's important to understand your strengths as much as it is to acknowledge your weaknesses. So I appreciate mm. you use the term that I'm a confident I'm confident in myself. And I think that's the most important part right there is regardless of whatever it is that you go through, whatever storms you weather, you have to have a sense of confidence and a sense of self-love in order to keep climbing. You get what I mean? And that's what we call vibrate higher and those kind of things. And um, I think that's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of. It's a beautiful thing to watch people expand and to grow. And for people listening, it's something that you just will never understand until you get to that realm that you actually have vibrated higher and it's just a beautiful thing yeah and i think with that confidence it comes from it's practice you know you don't just wake up saying i'm confident (laughs) you traveling allowed you to grow that confidence yeah right sure you experimenting with these business ideas allows you to grow that confidence so that's what it's all about and it's those micro courage acts of micro courage i always call it that gets you there Yeah. Yeah. yeah i agree and anybody can do it. You know, that's the thing. It, it's not singular to, you know, if you from the West Coast, if you're from the East Coast, if you have big shoes, if you have small shoes, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from. It's all about short or tall. Short or tall. It doesn't matter. It's all about what's inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what's. That, that's what's the most important. And, and that's one thing I've learned is like confidence. Like you'll survive anywhere in the world if you're confident. Doesn't matter if you don't know the language. Like we're human beings. You know, I think it's like 70, 80 percent of our, of our communication is not even verbal. It's, it's all through body language and that requires confidence. Yes. So, yeah, yes. that's that's the biggest thing I learned. That's what I like to just express to people yeah. and like get them to believe in themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. So, Michael, I mean, what what advice do you have for men in general but also, you know, men of color who are afraid of traveling or afraid of making that move. Like, what, what could you say? Mm, okay. For men of color, I, I, I want to go deep here because, you know, for all my brothers out there listening, man, I want I want to make sure this really hits home. If you were to rewind the clock a couple years ago, whether it's 20 years for you, 30 years for you, 40 years, 50 years, whenever you were born, right? Just think about when you were born, fellas, men out there. Women, too, you can listen, but this is going to hit home for the fellas. If you rewind to that time and you could just imagine your mother at that point where, you know, you, you were about to be conceived. And she was afraid. She was like, oh, no, you know what? And, and that that magic, let's just say that magic never happened and you were not born. Like, just picture that, right? Had you, if that not, had not have happened, you wouldn't have been here. Um, and, and I just want to just make that the analogy and just compare it to, you know, if you don't get out and travel, if you don't see what Mother Nature has blessed us with on this earth, it's the equivalent of you not fully living your life. Like, there's so much on this earth. And if you don't get out of the bubble to explore and see these things, it's like you, you, you won't live a truthful life. I mean, in my opinion, because it just Mother Nature has provided us with so much beauty on this planet. So I was going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is about men not traveling? That's what I was about to say. Why is it important mm. for men to do this specifically? That that speak me okay, to Okay, so this is a difference because as the majority of people who travel are women. women. We dominate Ooh. this travel industry. 
Yeah, statistics say. But I started thinking to myself, men between the ages of 21 and 40, because men have been conditioned to be considered the provider, Mm -hmm. this is just my opinion, is that you guys feel as though, and I'm using you guys as a general blanket statement, that you guys feel as though you have to have some kind of corporate job, six-figure job, where you're kind of settled, you're doing this, that, and the other in order to be the man that you're supposed to be. And some people don't understand that being the man you're supposed to be is not equated to a dollar sign. It's equated to who you are as an individual. So from that, that's just my perspective. What do you think, Michael? I think the reason a lot of men don't get out there and travel, and and again, my experience is my experience and it's solely based off of uh, the life experience that I have. So if anybody out there, I just want to make that extremely, extremely clear. You know, in my opinion, men don't get out and travel because especially in the Western society, America, Primarily, travel. You know, travel is, is not advocated. It's not something that's really pushed on African American men. What you know, the belief pattern that's really pushed in the African American community, from my experience, has been get money, get money, like go out there, get the money, right? Like that's what all of the songs push. That's what the professional athletes showcase. That's what the entertainers showcase. And in our community, the majority of our inspirations are found in the professional sports realm, the the entertainment realm. So because those are the people that influence us, we're influenced to get money to chase material possessions. And, and it's not a bad thing. Like, it's what it is. That's uh, what society's created. So I think that's one of the reasons why men don't necessarily get out there and travel from our community is because of the different societal influences that keep their minds focused on earning more money and, and, and relating what they're worth to a specific dollar amount. That's from my personal experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all a matter of perspective. You know, I think Absolutely. in order to find a, a general theme would be to talk to lots and lots of men and ask them why, you know, why haven't you done that? You know, I have my mm. cousin who, successful black man, you know, really attractive guy, and he's never, he's never gone anywhere. It's not that he's not broke, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he makes good money. He works for Harvard, but he has, he doesn't travel. And I'm trying to get him out mm. here so much. And he's very smart. We read the same books, so, so it's not like, anything else but he just doesn't do it some people just don't have the desire some people don't Absolute, some people don't no desire Mm. And and I can only say this for myself. I don't care who likes it or not, but it's sad because um, if if you don't understand that there's more to life than just, you know, in this box that, you know, you're never going to see anything more than outside of that box. So but I think rep- I think representation matters, you know, and we were talking about this earlier with another guest and a lot of young black men and black women and all that stuff. They don't see it. <laughs> they don't see it. They don't have no one talking to them about it. No one knows. And I think, you know, and that's one of the things that when we were talking about how we would love to have young people experience this, young people of color experience this. Early on. Early on, you know, people talking to them about it, counselors, mm-hmm. like all of that, those conversations aren't happening enough. But they see it, though. I can't say that they don't see yeah. it. I think that back when I was maybe 15, 16, I didn't see it, right? Because I we didn't have it. social media. Uh-huh. Social media, mm-hmm. you see, okay? Because the Instagramification yeah, is real. <laughs> But it seems out of reach for a lot of them. And I think, and that's why this podcast exists to make the unreachable reachable. The unreachable reachable coin that. Yeah. (laughs) Am I over today? (laughs) Did I have a tweetable moment? It never really happens. (laughs) First time for everything. There you go. (laughs) 
I wanted to just add to Nubia's point about the box thing. And okay. I want to share this because so many people live in a box, right? So many people, they work in a cubicle. That's a box. They go home to their, you know, 600 square foot apartment, whatever size, and it's in the shape of a box. They their dinner out of the freezer and it's in a box. And they open up another box and they put the box into another box, which is a microwave. And then they take that box and they put it on a box table and they have their box meal, right? It's inside of a box. And they wake up the next day and they jump in a car that's shaped like a box, right? And then they Just drive to, go to that and from. And then at the end of their lives, they get put inside of a box. That's what I'm Ladies talking about, Michael. Thank you. Box. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, I'll... get out of the box right now. Get yeah. out. Just... <laughs> Just get out of the box. Please get Eat out on of a box. banana leaf. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have to get out Just of the box. Yeah, it's so I, beautiful. I, I yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. It's beautiful. Mm. Literally, we were riding through the mountains in Pi. It was just breathtaking. And it didn't cost us no money to do it. It just, in Southeast Asia, that's what you do. You hop on your bike and you just take a, a, a road trip. You just ride. And you run into some beautiful, beautiful landscapes that your camera cannot even capture the amount of beauty. Mm that you see, the clean, fresh air that you breathe, the, the vibrancy and the, of the energy around you and the vibrant colors of nature, you know, all the green and the, the colors, the animals, the what, I mean, it was just dope. And I was just like, wow, you know, a lot of people have been on the show, talked about the whole traveler's guilt, the whole, you know, you feel guilty about being the one in your family that's out and traveling and everything else. So we're working so hard to try to get members to come and do whatever. And we're letting them know it's not that expensive it's not it's not like we i'm not i'm not a six-figure chick i don't have six figures to just buy people tickets and be like no nah, don't worry about it no but the universe mm-hmm. provides <laughs> the universe definitely yes. provides yeah get out your box y'all get out your box, hey. out box. kick that let's kick it smash the box smash. Whoa, wait 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 that's a different <laughs> scenario oh. anyway Cut it out now. She went there. She took it there. Oh, God. Easy there. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So, Michael. So, Michael, where can people find you if you want to share your social media handles? Yeah, absolutely. So, first off, guys, you guys can find me at my virtual home base. That is HighTicketFreedom.com. Come check me out there. We actually give back to a charity helping feed, educate, and uh, feed, educate, and clothe children in Haiti. On social media, I'm on Facebook. You can find me at uh, Mr. Michael Baptiste on Facebook. Um, Or you can just look up my Facebook page. It's Michael Overdeliver Baptiste. Uh, You'll see me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Mike underscore Baptiste. On Twitter, I'm also Mike underscore Baptiste. Follow me on social media. Come holler at your boy um, and reach out to me. You know, if there's something I can do to inspire you, empower you, motivate you, if I can help, I will. And if I can't, I'll just say, hey, you know, maybe this is the direction you should go in. Do my best to point you in the right direction because I I believe in helping people. Love it. Love it. Love it. So be sure to follow Michael. Appreciate you and all that good stuff. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me on the show. It's been an amazing opportunity. And if I can, I want to leave everybody with one last quote. Yeah, this is my quote. I want you to feel me on this. If the dreams that you're dreaming can be accomplished in this lifetime, you're dreaming too small. I challenge you to dream bigger. And if the mission that you're on in this lifetime can be accomplished in this lifetime, you are thinking too small. I dare you to I love that. Thank bigger. It's Michael Baptiste. Okay. Thank you so much, lady. Appreciate that. Thank mm. you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. We had a lot of fun. And we look forward to seeing your progress and following your journey. 
Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.